0: Check out Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium, and of course, my new publishing company called Zivi Books. And now, back to our daily author interview site, and a quick hello from some of my kids.
1: Hi! Hi! Hello!
0: Enjoy the show. Payal Kadekia is the author of Life Pass, Drop Your Limits, Rise to Your Potential, a Groundbreaking Approach to Goal Setting. She is the Executive Chairman and Founder of ClassPass, and the Artistic Director of the Saw Dance Company. She has been a dance entrepreneur since the age of three when she started training in Indian classical and folk styles of dance. It was her passion for dance entrepreneurship and making the world a more active, happy place that led to the founding of ClassPass. ClassPass is a membership program for fitness classes across multiple gyms and studios, making working out more engaging, accessible, and affordable. I used to do this all the time, by the way. I had ClassPass package, but of course now I rarely work out. Anyway, back to the bio. With over 25 years of dance experience, Payal also founded the Saw Dance Company, a contemporary Indian dance company. She has led the company to achieve tremendous community support, sold out performance, celebrity endorsements, and positive reviews in the New York Times, MTV, and prominent South Asian publications. Payal has been quoted as the dancer possessing not only the standout talent, but the undying passion, congenial disposition, and sharp business savvy to be truly a force to be reckoned with as the South Asian culture continues its inevitable integration into America. Prior to founding ClassPass, Payal worked as a consultant at Bain & Company and in Warner Music Group's Digital Strategy and Business Development Group. Payal also has a degree from MIT in Operations Research and Economics. Welcome, Pyle. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, Discuss Life Pass, Drop Your Limits, Rise to Your Potential. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited too and have used ClassPass, by the way, many times So to book classes back when I was a little more active than mm-hmm. I am. But anyway, so I've been a fan and was really excited to learn your backstory and everything. So Yeah. So tell listeners about this book and your background and just like start a little from the beginning. And yeah. (laughs) All right. Let's, we'll go. We'll dive into it. Let's do it. Okay. (laughs) So let's
2: start with the book. So the book to me was really this culmination of, you know, this last decade of my life, which from starting my dance company to starting class class to being acquired, which I actually didn't know when I was going to, I was writing the book that that was actually (laughs) going to happen. Just ended up being a nice, I guess, closing to a chapter in a book. (laughs) But, you know, I would say that I have lived my life through a very unique, different set of methodologies and techniques. And I always felt that I really wanted to share those tips with other people because I saw them struggling with many of the same things that I did. I just... I think, put a plan together to get to the other side, whether it was because I just cared so much for my calling or whatever it might be. And I wanted other people to really feel that. So this book to me felt like a responsibility, honestly, to write it, you know, for everyone else to be able to, you know, whether you're graduating from college or if you're in your, you know, mid thirties or forties, and you're looking for a change in your life and that fire in your life to not Ever let anything hold you back? So that's really that, and I'm really excited that it's it's coming out and it's out there in the world. And you know, in terms of my backstory, and we can start a little bit with my childhood, which I talk a lot about yeah. in the book. But look, I grew up in a small town in New Jersey. I was one of the only Indian girls and Indian families in that town, which you know posed its challenges for me and my family just because we didn't necessarily fit in, and it was this interesting part of my life where I decided to split myself into two. So I lived my American life sort of by the week I went to school. I was a high school football cheerleader and sort of lived that American lifestyle. And then on the weekends, I had this beautiful Indian community that was in a town nearby, which I would go to and I would learn dance and I would be a part of festivals and you know have a chance to meet my aunts and uncles who sounded more like my parents and felt more at home
0: to me. By the way, I it like broke my heart when you did the talent show as a as a little girl, and everybody made fun of you on the stage, even though you were like this amazing dancer. And, <laughs> oh my gosh! And wearing the I mean, I was five, like, so I wasn't that good at the time. But. <laughs> okay, well, whatever. I mean, you know, good enough, but still, like having to hide who you were, literally the jewelry off your arms, like. And not feeling like you could be yourself. Anyway, it was yeah, one of those no, heartbreaking moments. It, it it really it really was, and you know I really wished it upon
2: no one. And I think we still feel it. I think as we even get older, there's so many times where, of course, it might not be as blatant of a feeling of embarrassment or a feeling of I don't fit in, but I think it happens all the time. Which is why I think one of the things I learned to do in my life, and I really wanted to help readers with, is how do you come to terms with All parts of who you are, Mm -hmm. to truly live your life being authentic to all parts of you, right? And that means in your career, in your home, with your friends. I really don't believe in this whole let's divide ourselves. And I've done that many times. And by the way, I catch myself in that many times. And whenever I do, I it's a red flag to me to say, Kyle, you are not acting like yourself in front of this group of people or at work or what is going on. You need to change your environment and go back to what is Is making you build this boundary and divide. And you know, I did it for a really long time that I think finally for me, and you know, I talk a lot about finding environments that help you thrive in all parts of who you are. And for me, that was dance, right? And of course, I talk about it as Indian dance in my life, and I know it's an activity and a passion, but it was deeper than that for me, because it taught me about the beauty of my culture and the ancestors in which I came from and the women in which I, you know, had from generations on and what their life was and who I was representing being even here in America. And I think that was a really important learning for me to know that I had come from, you know, this lineage of, Of beauty and culture and richness. And I didn't always feel that, right? Because I didn't fit in. So I think that was a very important part to me. And I encourage anyone out there, if you ever are feeling that divide, it's how do you learn more about actually the thread of you that you might be shutting out in your life? Because there is so much depth to that part of you. You really just have to really go for it. And I think as I became an entrepreneur and built a company, by that point in my life, I was so used to feeling that sense of, I don't fit in, but I, I never questioned it because I had been feeling it for so long. And I almost encourage people to feel that and, and go to a place in your life where you start feeling that environment and that sense of identity being full and learn to do that in all environments. So by the time, you know, you're older, you're choosing your career or even later in your life, you're at a place where you're not dividing yourself into, um, you know, all these boxes that society wants to put you
0: into. I loved the moment when you, I guess you were at Bain Consulting and you were debating how many people to invite to your concert, to your dance performance. And you had this moment in the book where you're like, should I invite a couple people? And then you're like, I'm just going to invite all 200 people. the whole office. (laughs) And so many people came. And I I felt like that was such a great turning point for you because you're like, I finally showed them who I was. They had all this new respect for me because they understood me in a new way. And it just like opened up so many doors as opposed to being something you had to hide.
2: Yeah. I think, you know, in that moment and, you know, is, was really interesting because I had a lot of fear. Like I think sharing more of who I was, was always uncomfortable. And, and I always did it in little bits. Like I feel like in college, I learned to do it a little bit more. And now I was in the professional world living in New York. It kind of felt crazy to me, but you know, I knew that when people saw me on stage, they saw me in my element and It is great to see anyone in their element. I think it makes anyone respect you instead of hiding it. And so Mm -hmm. I remember seeing, you know, my colleagues kicking butt in meetings and I was like, you know, and I was good. I was always smart. I always knew that I had a great background, but yeah, like I I knew that when I was on stage, something else came out of me and I wanted people to see me in that state. And I I do believe that after that, and, and I talk about this, like I remember one of my bosses, he decided to, he was getting married and he was Indian. And he was like, can you teach me and my wife a dance for our wedding? Yes, yes. And <laughs> it's kind of crazy to me. I mean, I had two, three bosses actually asked me that after. And, you know, I would go to their houses on the weekends and I would teach them a dance and they'd be, you know, at, we would walk by each other in the office and they'd be like, wait, Pyle, am I doing the step right? And I, I it was kind Aww. of this role reversal to be a teacher in something and in a craft. And I, I do think it gave them a deeper respect for me as a human being on
0: top of obviously the experience I had. Well, I think that's like such a key and goes back to all your little bits and pieces of advice that you sprinkle throughout the book, which are so good. But it's like, we're all a teacher of something to someone else. Absolutely. It's just Absolutely. figuring out what it is that you have to share. And then ultimately other people benefit from it. But anyway. Absolutely. I, mean, thoughts, I think deep thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
2: we're all here in service of, of each other right? And whether that, like you said, it's teaching, giving, sharing, we really are in service of each other, right? It's about finding that passion, that thing that lights us up and giving it to other people. For me, it wasn't about me just dancing by myself. It was about how it made others feel. And my right. whole journey of Pass class was how do I make people feel this same magic in their life? Because I felt so blessed to have had such a great purpose and calling when I was younger. And I think once I've found a sense of purpose and impact on other people, honestly, nothing else compares to that. And I want other people to really feel that. Of course, like I think people can look at my life or other people's life and be like, oh, well, you have all these things. And of course they came much after a lot of hard work and struggle and perseverance. Right. But at the end of the day, none of that was really started because of that end game. It was started because of the journey to make an impact.
0: And also that you needed it, right? Like the whole origin story of ClassPass that you decided, (laughs) you know, you didn't want to do this one ballet class. And so you were going on all the different websites, what classes work, blah, blah, blah. And then you realized like, well, what if I aggregate all this? And the best part about it is that you were so able to pivot when things weren't going well. I know that's sort of an overused phrase, but you know, I, I feel like this is like my own little business. Like it's so important to try and then move in another direction quickly and being able to adapt, I think is so important. So like you tried one model and it didn't work that well. And you're like, well, why aren't the people going back to the studios? Why are they, you know, they were sort of taking advantage of the whole thing and how can we get people to really go and, and invest in these and go back and how can we package that? And that you were always trying new th- and to make it better. I just like love that whole approach
2: Pivoting is and iterating is the magic that. Iterating, makes it.
1: that's a better one. Yeah, yeah. iterating. Is, okay, yeah, exactly. I'll is um, you
2: know, is something that really is essential to get your product right, to make it grow, to make it really, you know, fit. Especially as consumer trends change so quickly. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. of course, COVID happened, and I everyone always asks me like, what do we think is going to happen the other end of COVID? I'm like, we'll only really know when we're there and we understand how customers want to be. You can't. Prescribe everything. You have to let customers tell you what they want. And by the way, I learned that by making a mistake, right? I think it's obviously easier to say in hindsight. And I like to say this now so other people don't make the same mistake. It's you can't really put a product on people to say, okay, this is what you're going to do. And and just because this model worked in food and for booking doctor's appointments doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work in classes. And that was something that I had to have a wake up call to. And then really approach the entire problem in a new way, and that was not easy. I mean, obviously, it's much easier to look at it in hindsight and talk about it, but it was a really you know tough time. I remember having to downsize the team, you know, go from like a big office to a small office again. I was even just telling someone the other day, like I literally, I had a tech person that I decided to go part time on, and you know, he was just putting in a few hours a week. And I actually I always do remember the day he called me back and he was like, I'm seeing a lot of money go through. Do you need me to come back? Cause we actually had figured it out and we had pivoted oh my to gosh. the subscription, you know? And, you know, and like I said, that took two and a half, three years to get to, but we kept going, you know? And I think that's really the magic of entrepreneurship is creating something that doesn't exist. And it usually is not created in the first try. You know, I think a lot of times you can overbuild the first time, which is the Mm -hmm. same mistake that we made.
0: Yeah. I helped start up this crumb cake business for my in-laws. Okay. (laughs) And I went to business school and everything. And I was like, oh, this is great. I'm going to use everything I learned. And I'm going to you know, patent it. And like, like, I did all these things that like I didn't need to do at the beginning. I spent like oh, so you much money. Oh, you must have read their Lululemon
2: story. Yeah, yes, exactly.
0: exactly. Exactly. But like, yeah, I was like, well, all the money I spent on lawyers, like I should have been focusing on like distribution and I mean, we did those. But anyway, so then when I started the next thing, I knew like, okay, well, these are the things I did wrong and maybe this can come later. And like, let's prove this before we need this. Right. It's like Champ- champagne problems. Right.
2: I mean, I, I literally talk about these too. It's, it's the things that, like worry about them when they're important and they're necessary versus like over engineering it from the beginning. Like, great. Your site goes down. You know what? That means you have really done a great job, you know? And I remember when people used to say that I didn't understand that until my site started going down uh, (laughs) every day. We used to have this 12 noon booking window for ClassPass and the site would crash for like a week every single day at 12 noon because we had too many people logging on. And obviously like I we didn't want that to happen, but in, in a small way after after fighting for it for so long, you literally can look at it and say, man, I get what that means because at least
0: it's working now. Yeah which is so rewarding, but you've like taken this all a step further and designed your own little make your life better worksheet at the end with examples from people who have used it and, and how, and you're trying to give people the toolkit so that they can basically like fast track to their better selves. Essentially. Do you want to describe, Absolutely. describe the process there? And <laughs> Yeah. Yep. So the life Fast
2: method, which is the goal setting method I've been doing for over seven years now in my life. Really came out of a time, to be honest, when honestly, Classhouse I knew was about to work. I mean, we didn't have that many customers, but i I got to that point where I figured out I had product market fit. so I was very, very happy with that part of my life. But I looked at everything else, and you know, I stopped dancing a little bit, i my health was bad, I was single, I didn't like I wasn't you know connected to my friends at all, and the holidays were there, and I was by myself. It was this like amazing moment and depressing moment at the same time. And of course, I you know I think the word balance is obviously thrown out there, and I don't really think it's something that we can all achieve. But I need, knew I needed to apply the same system that I applied to succeed in you know my business world, my professional world, to my personal life. And I think there's other people in the world who need to go the other way, right? And don't need and need to find a way to actually build a system to do that. So what I started to do was come up with a system that I felt resonated with the way I always thought about my life. And it first starts with reflecting. Because for me, if you don't know where you are right now, I don't know how you figure out where you're going. And I think a lot of times people want to say, I'm going to go here, but you need to know how far you are and, and where you're starting from to be able to start even setting goals. So step one is always reflecting. Step two is dreaming. So doing that same process where we start thinking about different words and different themes that we want to cultivate in our lives. And even this, this dreaming process and the reflecting process, None of this is needing to come up with check marks or things that you're going to actually achieve. I really embed these in emotions and feelings in my life, so things that are like I want to feel connected, I want to feel like I have a sense of home, I want to feel like I'm creating. These are sort of more theme words that I really anchor myself into. And then the third step that I always do is about focusing, right? Because you can't make an impact on in every area of your life. So It involves a time diagnostic with a bit of a rating analysis that we do. And then we pick and choose what areas we're going to focus on only for three months because I really believe like annual resolutions are way too long, right? Most of the times people forget them. And if you do things sort of in a week or so, it just, you know, things happen and things get busy. And then you, you feel like you failed. And I never want people to think that you know, they can't execute because I do believe building a muscle of execution is a very important of creating a habit with yourself that you can accomplish the things that you want. So once we do that, we go into goal setting. So it's really a process. It really, the first 30 minutes are all about actually anchoring in on where you're even going to set goals and what your intentions are. And then we go into goal setting and I have been really good with executing my whole entire life. And I, I feel like I think about goals in a very obviously measurable way in a way that really starts with step one, not step 40 in the process. And that's what's really helped me to be successful, to say, how do I break down this goal into something I can achieve in a limited time frame, but actually make make progress? And so I go through all my tips and actually setting those tangible, measurable goals that people can actually do in their life. And by the end, you end up with 10, 15 goals for the quarter, and you get to do the whole process again every three months. Months. And, you know, going back to what we were talking about with iterating, you know, we talk about it with companies all the time, but it's important to iterate on ourselves. I never want to feel like I'm stagnant as a human being and I can't learn, you know, and you know, whatever is coming my way professionally, interpersonally, I want to embrace it and grow and make time for it as my life is shifting. There are times when my family is a really important thing for me. And there are times where I'm really going to focus on my professional aspects and I want to be good and and 150% in whatever I say yes to. And that's how I truly live my life.
0: That's amazing. Well, I have to say, I loved all the dance videos on your Instagram. I am (laughs) like totally inspired. And by the way, I didn't mean to misrepresent. Like you didn't just, you just weren't just a dancer. You started all these dance companies, right? So it's not just that you like to do this one thing, but it's like your whole, whatever you're doing, you know, when people are like, whatever she's doing, I want to do that. It's like the way you've able, you've created you just continue to create. You just create and create and create. And I'm interested to hear what you feel like is next. Like you have, now you've sold ClassPass. Like, tell me what, like, what did that feel like? What is next for you? How are you incorporating being a mom and all of that as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I have not been able to really catch
2: a beat since uh, the company <laughs> was sold. And then I have this awesome book coming out. So it's really funny because, You know, for me, and I have to take my own advice of what I even say in the book in that first chapter, which is you know, clear out the noise. You know, take that break, kind of hear the synchronicities of the universe again. And I know I'm back there in that place where I need to live a little to to feel that problem. I'm not somebody who you know, I obviously have tons of opportunities that I know I can do. And if anything, it's almost harder to say no to such amazing things right now until I can figure out the exact thing I want to do. But you know, I believe in my system. I believe in me listening to my heart. and i I won't waver on that. I think whenever I waver on doing things for other people or because society expects me to, I, I know I'll never be able to truly be fulfilled in that way. So, yeah, I'm just plotting out the next decade now. But, you know, it's it's very bittersweet. I think for founders, you know when you are no longer working at your company on a day-to-day basis, you feel a sense of loss for sure, you know, just from, the emotion and the, and the pace of it all. But, you know, I think at the same time we have to keep growing and iterating. And, you know, I'm, I'm still young. I'm, I guess I'm in my late thirties now. And I was like telling my dad that the other day, I'm like, it's so crazy. Cause I feel like sometimes people want to treat me like I'm really old in the sense of, you know, they want advice from me and all of it, but I'm like, I have so much more to do and give. I
0: just got to figure out what that's going to be. It's true. Yeah. You're making me feel old. I'm in my (laughs) forties.
2: No, but it's, it's never, you know, in our lives that we're able to, but I, I sometimes feel like people want to make us feel like we've lived enough, Mm -hmm. Not you know? And so I'm, I'm, I'm always going to be ambitious and always going to want to make an impact on people's lives. Great amazing. Well, I'll be following along.
0: Thank you. I really appreciate <laughs> what that. What happens next? Well, thank you so much for this. Thank you for all this great advice. The inspiring entre- woman entrepreneur story, which I just like eat that kind of thing up all the time to try to do better. And all of the advice for how to not just be a better businesswoman, but how to be a better woman or a better person is it's nice to have a guidebook. I love that. So, thank you. Thank you right. so much. All right. Thanks so all right. much. All right. okay. okay. Bye-bye. Bye.